census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I'm your host, Patrick Rahel, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. We are here inside the Pat Cave Deep within Magenta Manor. And uh, as we are uh, part of the Dorking Network, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. And I, of course, am not here by myself. I am here with my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is suffering from the side effects of the second uh, <laughs> vaccine shot, first and foremost. Uh, but she is <gasps> the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Mistress of Marlowe, the Countess of Cabernet, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, she is Ashes Von Nightmare. She is waiting to find out what superpower she's going to gain from getting the second vaccine. Yeah, because not only did you get the second vaccine, you also work in a lab, so you can kind of like, you know construct your own well i mean like superpower so serum clearly working with hazardous chemicals uh and hazardous waste hasn't done it yet because i've been doing that for like years. Uh, oh oh longer than that oh, a, yeah. a oh, while yeah, i've been doing it for, for a, a while yes yeah. um you know and i've obviously been vaccinated before but this is the most recent vaccine that i've you know been vaccinated with, with. Yeah. and i'm wondering if maybe you know like one's not doing it the other's not doing it but what if i combine the two yeah get everything together and just uh you know make some sort of like crazy cocktail so obviously you know while i was being injected with the vaccine i was drinking a bunch of hazardous waste and hoping for the best yeah, it's kind of like as one does, you know. It's kind of like that scene in Family Guy where uh, everybody gets powers, and then so uh, Mayor West tries to also get powers, but he ends up with lymphoma because he was just rolling around in toxic waste. It's funny. So at work, sometimes when we get new people, um, you know, the training process can be kind of dull and kind of boring, and you know, I like to try to. I think I'm funny. Um, try to make it a little more like lighthearted and when we get to the waste portion and how to you know properly dispose of the waste uh they'll be like oh so what am i supposed to do with this and just it's like i don't straw. know how much can you drink yeah, just hand them a straw. <laughs> some people laugh some people kind of look at me horrified and it's like a, it's a it's a joke i'm gonna i'm gonna show you how to properly yes handle this situation but but yeah, so I'm hoping for the best. Fingers crossed. I hope it's something good. I hope it's not a lame like being superpower. Able to grow your like fingernails, like Meg gut. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, although like, for you that would that would be handy because you're always doing the the nails and stuff. Yeah, that would like be it would like have a, its uses. That would be like a really shitty Wolverine. Yeah. Like, Meow. <laughs> would be good for back scratches. Screen. 
scratch your nails down the chalkboard when you're getting ready to catch a shark. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know me. <laughs> but uh, that was the worst Quinn I've ever heard. <laughs> Y'all know me. <laughs> More like old Greg. <laughs> yeah. What you doing in my waters? There's a shark here. Oh, my God. You think the shark likes Baileys? <laughs> you oh ever drunk Baileys from a shoe? Ever drunk Baileys from a shark? <laughs> So this week, because it is uh, Star Wars week, we are going to be discussing uh, some droids, because we haven't talked about droids before. Um, I mean, we've mentioned them in passing, but I personally feel that, you know, everybody refers to it as the Skywalker saga, but it's really, uh, if you think about it, the story of C-3PO and R2-D2, because they're the only ones. Oh, it's a buddy film. Yeah, they're like buddy cops. Because they're really the only ones that appear throughout pretty much every episode. Mm. I mean, C-3PO has not only the last line in uh, the prequel trilogy, but in the original trilogy, he gets the first line. So, it's, uh, it's, uh, and he has some character evolution. You know, they talk about how he's not a very good storyteller in the first episode, but then he tells that amazing story of, uh, you know, pretty much everything that's happened up to the point where he's sitting in front of the Ewoks. So, and you probably won't recognize him because, because of, of his arm. arm. And one of the things that folks don't always notice is that he has a silver right leg from his knee down. Uh, his leg is silver when we first are introduced to him. But uh, we are going to be talking about, uh, as our getting into character question, what type of droid we would want. Now, uh, I know you did a lot of research, but I have a little bit more uh, knowledge on some of these, uh, like an assassin droid, like HK-47 from the uh, Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. Um, I know you did some research, but I know things. Well, I mean, like, I don't know if you came across HK-47. I did, actually. Okay. He's not in my notes because I was just focusing on a couple of them. But I did come across him, and I was like, hey, there's a droid. I See, I like him because I like his personality. Like, he's very, um, like, he just wants to solve every problem with murder, which, I mean, I get. I get it. You know, it's... And, you know, that kind of helps your playthrough in the second one where, you know, it's like, oh, I've come across this obstacle. Oh, all right. Um, it would be really easy if I just killed this guy because he won't let me through this door. So if I just kill him, I can go through the door or he won't give me this item I need. I could just kill him and take it. So, you know, playing uh, as the dark side and playing as, uh, you know, uh, with the assassin droids uh, is definitely helpful. But I, I think I would probably go with uh, an assassin droid if I'm going to have a droid that's uh, matched up with me. Because not only are they going to be very protective, you know, make sure I don't have any uh, harm come to me, uh, especially HK-47, he's very, uh, very personable, you know. So, uh, Ashes, what about you? So, I thought long and hard about this because i mean there are so many droids in the you know star wars universe and some of them are very helpful and some of them are just really fun to look at and it's it's do you want like a 
like a friend, like a like a helper, like a you know almost like a a robotic tool, you know that can that can help you in certain like a situations, Swiss Army knife. kind of. Or do you want like just a little droid pet, like Dio, like a pet, yeah. So this this I, I kind of went back and forth, and you know, obviously R two D two would be great, something like R two D two, you know, uh, a, a droid that like knows when to hand me wine, like all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So but he did. He did <clears throat> act as a server in in Jabba's uh, sail barge. Well, I mean, and he you know has storage compartment so he can just be, can just be like i'm having a really bad day and he'd be like burr, 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 and give me wine just fill him with wine um and like dio would be great because dio is just like a snarky little puppy no thank you yeah like that's he's really cute he's he's the type of what did i name him because he's not really a, a certain class of droid what did i call him oh the cute and there to sell toys droid yeah yeah, well, I mean that's that's also BB-8. Like well, they, and that's next on my list too. Like I love BB-8, not as much as my bowl mom. Fell on top of a soccer ball, and you really wanted to hug it, right? Like bb eight's so cute. Like for some reason, it's obviously in the in the design, but its personality that it has is really our what droidinality. Yeah, because he's not a person. Um. The personality that it has, it's it's so cute. And again, kind of like R2-D2, it has ways of being really helpful in certain situations, like, you know, giving you wine. Um, but I have to say, I think I would probably want a droid like L337, L337, L3. yeah. Um, partially because, you know, and she starts, like, she's a pilot droid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's more than that. And I say she because it was uh, the character was voiced by uh, Phoebe Waller Bridges. Um, but there's something like so smart about her. She's very sassy. I mean, she's very sassy. She is like uh, Lando. F- fuck that robot. It, it, yeah, we'll get into that. But she's like the feminist of of the robots. You know, she's all about um, droid advocacy and. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say specifically to be, like feminist, but like you know, every uh, every civil she's rights a, leader. She's a droidist. She's a civil rights leader for yes, droids. Yes. Uh, I tell you, I would not want a gonk droid because all those droid. things do walk around go gonk. Gonk. Yeah. So gonk. No, no gonk droid for gonk. me. But yeah, L three L three is a really good one. Well, and she's also like she's smart. Too so you know L three she manipulated herself like added things to herself to make her even smarter like Lando didn't do that shit to her she did that to herself it's a high higher end uh, AI that you know so she's like hey you know I want to be able to do this well let me manipulate my system so that I, I can I can achieve that like that to me is really cool like a thinker droid. You know, yeah, like a, an upper level AI well, droid. Saying, yeah, like the uh, the higher end AI, because there are droids that could do that, but wouldn't. You know, C three PO. I'm looking at you. Um, but like somebody who, like a a, a droid that you could be, just want to be friends with them. Okay, like I just want to have a friend. 
like, you know, a droid that would want to go on adventures and then, like, be helpful on the adventures. Well, yeah, be helpful on the adventures, too, and then, like, go home and watch Romeo and Michelle or something. So I think uh, now that you're you're talking about him, uh, I think I may want to change my answer to... uh, K2SO. K2SO. K2SO voice. Because it's Alan Tudyk. And Alan Tudyk is a a goddamn treasure. But um, K2SO is also like very loyal, super badass, did some really cool stuff during uh, some of the fight scenes and, you know, completed his mission as best as he could. Um, And I just just think uh, K2SO is... uh, just between him and and uh, HK forty seven, those two are the the my two favorite droids. I think because of their personalities. Well, I mean, in, in K two didn't start out that way either. No, it was a re- repurposed uh, uh, kind of like uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator two is a repurposed uh, robot that was you know used by the resistance against the uh, the imperial forces of evil. So very similar in that in that regard. And I mean, like, and if we're just talking about, you know, people who voice stuff, you know, IG-11 would be fun, too, because it's voiced by Taika Waititi. IG-11 was a lot of fun. Uh, after uh, Quill got a hold of it. Yes, after Quill. Uh, but, like, before Quill got a hold of it, it wasn't as fun. But, like, after Quill did his thing... Yeah, after... Uh, when he went from, like, an assassin droid to, like, a, a nurse droid. droid. A nanny droid, yes. Should have been voiced by Fran Drescher. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that, I think that's a... Mr. Sheffield, I got you, baby. Mr. Mando. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mandalorian. Uh, I got you, little baby Yoda. <laughs> Oh, just imagine him sitting on <laughs> the, the edge of uh, the edge of uh, Mando's desk. <laughs> like the desk breaks under the weight. Yeah. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to uh, take a quick break, because uh, otherwise we're just going to keep going on and on and on about droids. But that's the whole point of this episode. So let's take a quick break, and we come back. We will discuss. Uh, not only the different types of droids, but what is a droid? And, you know, some of the different ones that we've come across uh, in the Star Wars universe. So we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks, too. And deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. In a world swarming with boring, predictable awards shows, what will separate from the rest? Rise above and unite the podcasting realm in a testament to the outstanding achievements of the community. 
The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards. Podcasters, YouTubers, and Twitch streamers, now is your time. Make your voices heard and submit your program by going to amalga-mania.com for all the details, submission categories, and guidelines. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards, the summer's biggest blockbuster event. You don't want to miss it. So today, on Throwdown Thursday, we are talking about droids from the Star Wars universe. And a lot of people don't even take the time to think about, what is a droid? So, uh, Ashes, I know you have a, a bunch of notes and stuff, and uh, why don't you enlighten the folks at home who may not be familiar I with what a droid I would love is. to enlighten you all. Uh, so the word droid comes from the word android, which means manlike. So the term does not strictly fit second-degree droids that have nothing in common with humanoids. Uh, droid is the exclusive term for every robotic entity in Star Wars. The word robot is used only... Let me see... Sorry, can I just side note? So after getting the second shot, right, I kind of went through it, dealing with flu-like symptoms and fever and headache and migraine and stuff like that. But now I've entered into the uh, severe brain fog portion. And I feel like not enough people are talking about this portion of, of the second shot. Like, I went to lock up like I went to work I, I had to take a couple of days off from work because I was just feeling that crappy so I go to work I go to go to work today and I'm trying to lock my front door and I forgot which key locked the front door like completely I was just like I don't know I know one of you guys work but like uh, I don't know I don't know so anyways so if I seem a little loopy and out of it it's because I am so you're welcome um so yeah so the Word robot, I believe, is only used for primitive pre-Republican era droids. However, Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker called C-3PO and R2-D2 robots on one occasion in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. So the words droid and robot are generally taken to mean the same thing. However, the official definition of a droid is a mechanical being with a self-aware consciousness as distinguished from a computer by having a self-contained method of locomotion. So with uh, with 
with a gonk droid, obviously it's just got the little little like little legs that it wobbles on. You have the mouse droids, like the little truck guys. Because I mean, if you think about it, there are robots, computers, and stuff in Star Wars, but they're not droids. Droids are droids are a completely separate entity. They're from autonomous. That. They can right. function on their own. They can walk around. They can you know. If you set them to a task, they can do it. I mean, like we saw 3PO and R2 at the beginning, like, you know, you know, escape on a, on a, uh, in, in the escape pod and then, you know, search for, you know, uh, settlements on Tatooine. Right. So nobody told them to do that. There are obviously different levels of intelligence of droids as well. And, you know, we'll kind of go into that a little bit more in a bit here. But, you know, a droid is still a droid. So like a gonk droid that has a really simplistic function is still a droid similar to, you know, C-3PO, who is of a slightly higher intelligence. He's a protocol droid. He's designed for etiquette and protocol. You know, and even R2-D2 is rather intelligent, even though it, you know, communicates using beeps, beeps and, and whistles and, and, clicks and, you know, but he still has a, you know, a way of communicating. Yeah. Generally, um, when it's, uh, because it's an astromech droid, it's designed to be like an autopilot or a co-pilot. Um, when it's plugged into a ship, like say Luke's X-Wing, uh, its vocalizations will be put up onto a screen and Luke can read what it is that he's saying. Uh, some people can understand droids. Um, you know, Luke being one, uh, Ray being another, you know. Um, just be, they mean, they can't speak to them. They speak in their normal language and the droid understands them. So, yeah, there's. Why don't you go through some of the uh, the different different classes of droids? Because yeah. there's a lot here. So there were five classes of droids or degrees of droids. They were used to uh, classify the droids, and they were divided based upon creativity, intelligence, and capacity for independent thought. It also depended on the nature of work that they were built for. So class one droids worked in the fields of mathematics, physics, physical sciences, and medicine. Although they had in-depth knowledge of their field, they were rarely programmed to apply their knowledge to everyday situations. Class one droids were considered little more than computers since all they used usually did was perform calculations. They tended to be more expensive on average than droids in any other category. There were four subcategories of class one droids. So you have medical droids who treated patients, assisted doctors and surgeons, and worked in laboratories to develop and test new medicines. Unlike other class one droids, medical droids commonly practiced the art they were programmed with. Biological science droids studied the plant studied the life of plants, animals, and minerals. Physical science droids worked in the fields of physical science, such as astronomy, cosmology, hyperphysics, and trans-dimensional quantum metaphysics. They studied phenomena found in the physical universe, along with developing and testing theories. And mathematical droids worked in the field of mathematics, 
making billions of calculations in a short period of time. Less sophisticated math droids were used as accountants. So that's class one. Now you see some of these similar subcategories. They kind of overlap in some of these other classes a little bit, but the the range is different like the the functions are different so class two droids were programmed for engineering and other technical sciences they differ from class one droids because they applied the science to real life situations class two droids were rarely equipped with basic vocabularies instead communicating through binary there were five subcategories of class two droids so you have the astromech droids which could interface with most starships. Their primary purpose was to calculate hyperspace jumps and most had other functions such as repairing starships or running some sort of their functions during flight. So like R2. Correct. R2 is an astromech. Uh, exploration droids explored planets and tested them for natural resources. They were also used to explore asteroid fields, possible hyperspace lanes, and even deep space. They were valued for their analysis abilities. Then you have environmental droids who studied and influenced the environment. Engineering droids performed tasks in the field of aerospace engineering, industrial engineering, material engineering, and more. And maintenance droids, who were uh, sophisticated droids like those that made technical repairs to starships, were categorized as Class II droids, while most other simpler repair droids were classified as Class V. So class three droids were programmed to interact with humans. They were said to be the most advanced droids ever invented. There were four subcategories of class three droids. So you have the protocol droids like C-3PO were programmed for diplomacy, often with the knowledge of millions of different languages and cultures. They were mainly used by ambassadors and diplomats, which, you know, uh, was true of C-3PO because he ultimately went to work with General Leia. Yes, General Organa. Yes. Um, yeah, because what what he was programmed for with etiquette and protocol, because he was fluent in six million forms of communication, uh, which included you know some rudimentary languages, which is how he was able to communicate with, say, the Ewoks, who had a very very primitive language. He kind of like broke down what it was, you know, some of the other roots that he had of uh, specific, like, proto-languages. So more advanced than, like, hieroglyphics, but not still not ad- advanced as, you know, say, you know, Wookiee-speak, you know? Right. So other Class three droids included servant droids who worked in private households as butlers, maids, or personal chefs. Tutor droids who were programmed with extensive knowledge with which to tutor students. And child care droids who took care of and sometimes even protected children. Some were not much more than expensive toys, while others could shoot blasters while carrying their charge away from danger. Yeah, they, so similar to what we saw with IG-11, he was kind of reprogrammed to do that. Where he was an assassin droid, it made him uh, much much more efficient at uh, mm-hmm. child care and protection. So class four droids were programmed to fight. Almost all class four droids carried weapons. Armed combat droids were among the first droids ever created. 
there were four subcategories of class four droids. So you have security droids who were used to guard businesses, household, and other buildings. Security droids carried non-lethal weapons or simple alarms. You have gladiator droids who were designed to fight other droids or sometimes even organic beings for entertainment. Onlookers would watch as the droids fought to the death in the battle arena. Battle droids were used in armies. They were easier and cheaper to create than all than an all-organic army. Many were quite durable, while others were nothing more than mass-produced cannon fodder. Which we see a lot in the prequel series where we have the you know, the the little like brownish droids. Yeah, I forget what they're called. Um and then the super battle droids. And then the droidicas, and then like, you know, vulture droids, and like different things like that. And then you have assassin droids, which was IG 47. Yeah, and IG 11. And IG 88. Yeah. Uh, They were used by assassins to eliminate their targets. Assassin droids were the only droids built specifically to kill organics. So built specifically to kill humans. Like Terminators, uh, because they can't be bargained with or reasoned with. Like their emotions are not going to get the best of them. Right. They're, you know, you, you set them out on a mission and that is their directive. It's to... Assassinate their target. Right. Complete that mission. So they're not going to. They'll have get a better s- success rate. Well, than- yeah, because they're not going to get sidetracked. They probably have a better uh, survival rate, if you think about it. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot harder to take one of these down than it would be, you know, a person. So now we get to class five droids. And they were simple labor droids that did menial labor that no one wanted to do. Class 5 droids were the most often encountered droids. There were three subcategories of class 5 droids. So you have general labor droids. They did whatever tasks their owners wanted them to do, such as heavy lifting. Uh, Labor specialist droids specialized in one job. They did poorly at other things, but they were really good at that one job. Uh, Hazardous service droids performed jobs organics couldn't do to a hazardous environment. So, and that's it. So obviously, you know, like moisture evaporators and binary load lifters, the very things that uh, C-3PO was uh, brought in to uh, to communicate with on the Lars farm, the moisture farm. So that's uh, that's an example, I think, of a couple of those uh, menial labors. So it's not like you know the the higher the class, the more advanced the droid. It's just these are the different classes, you know. Um, some of the medical droids that we've seen were uh, unique in the fact that they were like mounted to the ship or mounted to their their medical bay, so they they didn't have the ability to move. Others did, some did, some did not. Um, we get to see a lot of different uh, a lot of different types of droids in um, not only Jabba's palace, but. You know, inside the uh, the Jawa Sandcrawler, we get to see a bunch of different uh, designs and things like that, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, so what else do you got? So a big kind of, uh, let's say, 
conundrum in the Star Wars universe is the legal status of droids. Mm. Uh, so droids were typically treated as property. More advanced droids sometimes received proportionally more respect. Some protested the status of droids as slavery. Uh, this was a contentious issue owing in part to the difficulty of assessing levels of artificial intelligence and determining which droids, if any, could be considered properly sentient. Although emancipation of droids was a radical concept, some opposed memory wipes except for very simple droids. Yeah, memory wipes would stop your droid from behaving erratically. Um, and... The issue with that, though, is it would also alter their personality. Like, C-3PO had his mind wiped at the end of the prequel trilogy, but R2 never did. R2 never had his memory wiped, as far as I know, because he had so much knowledge stored, and he never acted erratically. He always... Uh, he was quirky, no doubt, I really liked it when he would do like the like, when you would get like excited or like a like kind of like take it back. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, when he's, like screaming. Um, but we've seen him, you know, I, I and I think if he had gotten memory wiped, he would have lost a lot of these abilities. But you know, we've seen him defeat super battle droids by you know spraying them with oil and then using his little rocket boosters to set them on fire well i think that you know some droids especially the more advanced droids so not like your gonk droids but you know your upper class droids um have the ability to learn yeah they have um you and know. that's like part of their part of their built-in intelligence is the ability to uh, retain information and learn from that information. So, like in that you know uh, scenario that you were given, you know, obviously R two D two knew that hey, you know, these guys are vulnerable to fire. If I do this, then yeah, like they build on their experience to make them more efficient. Um, you know, like we, again, you know, like I brought up at the beginning, you know, C-3PO talks about how he's not a very good storyteller, but then is able to kind of... Regale this whole Yeah, regale story. The, the, uh, the, the Ewoks and kind of mollify them. Gold guy. Gold guy. You know, obviously he had some help from Luke, but he was able to tell the story, and by using the different... Um, you know, abilities that he has as far as communication goes, uh, he was able to, you know, mimic different sounds, whether it's a TIE fighter, Darth Vader, the Millennium Falcon, all these different things. Um, and he was able to incorporate that as a, you know, almost like a survival uh, tactic. Because if there's one thing that C-3PO... Uh, is very adamant about it is his survival and not being in danger at any time. Yeah, he definitely longed for more peaceful times, but obviously was a member of the resistance and the rebellion and, you know, 
he was privy to a lot of uh, sensitive information, especially working so close with uh, General Organa. And that's another thing, too, is some of these droids' loyalty towards certain people or certain causes, you know, and, and that can be said, you know, ultimately, they're robots. They don't have any free will, or do they? See, I think they do, and I think the fact that they're able to learn and, you know, um, build off of the experiences that they've had, I think that just goes to show that their sentience is akin to consciousness because, you know, what's one of the first things when we first meet Obi-Wan, we see that uh, R2 has done everything he can to find uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only And Luke hope. specifically says, I've never seen such devotion in a droid before. And, you know, it's true. Like, maybe... Maybe uh, C-3PO eventually, but C-3PO barely has any allegiance to uh, R2, despite everything that they went through. Although he does, once the uh, the 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 R4 unit kind of craps itself with the Jawas, that's when he's like, "Hey, you should get that that astromech droid because I've seen him do a bunch of stuff." But until that. Until the R four unit, uh, kind of like you know, with the R with the motive bad motivator, until the R four unit malfunctioned, he didn't seem to give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, but then he was like, "All right, you know." Well, I mean, you know, his loyalty to R two came from R two really saved his ass a few times. But he doesn't remember it. He doesn't remember all the times that R two saved him because he had his memory wiped. Uh, so all the stuff that happened during the prequels, like, you know, him accidentally getting his head put on a battle droid, you know, him, you know, getting, uh, you know, his head and his body separate, separated, you know, all these things that R2 did for him, you know, putting him back together. Um, he doesn't remember it because his memory was wiped. All that was left were his primary functions, which is why he doesn't recognize anybody. He doesn't recognize Tatooine. He doesn't recognize, you know, because that's where he was built. That's where he was from. You know, that's where he's he spent most of his time on the Lars farm, or at least with the Shmi Skywalker, and eventually with with uh, uh, the Lars family. But he... He doesn't remember any of that because Bail Organa had his memory wiped at the end of the prequel trilogy. So his functions are intact, but all these built-up memories that he had, like, he doesn't know, he refers to R2 as his counterpart, but, like, doesn't really know why. Like, they're just assigned together. He's assuming that it's, um, you know, random. R2, of course has all his memories and understands why and knows exactly what's going on. Um, yeah, like his memory bank holds countless tales of heroics and tragedies from the Clone Wars, the Rebellion, and the Resistance. I mean, he was uh, with Padme, and then he was with Anakin, and then ultimately Luke. Yeah, Anakin was, I mean, being with Anakin... Uh, 
he he was the only droid to kind of he saved he sa- he was one of the astromech droids that saved Padme. He was one of the few that didn't get shot off the friggin' uh, starfighter, and then he ended up becoming the astromech droid specifically for Anakin, and then um, ended up with Bail Organa, who passed him on to Leia, who sent him to uh, Tatooine to find Obi-Wan, and then met up with Luke, and then, you know, he had his Avengers on the Falcon and all this stuff. Uh, He does behave erratically on occasion, because we do see that one time where he goes to interface with the computer, but it was a power outlet, Uh, and... C-3PO is like, oh, don't blame me. I don't know the difference. It's like they do look very similar, but it's like maybe you shouldn't just go around sticking your port, you know, your your, your probe into any port that you can because, you know, sometimes it'll backfire on you. So R2 learned that the hard way. But, yeah, he and he ends up, you know, being very loyal to Luke to the point where, you know, as we see in Episode 7... He has shut down completely. Um, well, he's been running in low power mode waiting for the rest of the map to show up. And BB-8 finally mm-hmm. shows up. And, you know, we we see more of... Uh, we finally get to see a little bit of uh, R2. So, uh, what else you got on your uh, on your list? I know you got some, some names on there. Yeah, so next on my list is BB-8, who's an astromech droid. We're introduced to BB-8 in the most recent trilogy, the uh, the Skywalker trilogy. Well, technically, they're all. But the it's sky. like the the rise of the Skywalker. The, the the Force uh, awakens the last Jedi from his nap. Yes, that's it. So he's cute and he's round and he's tough and he's trustworthy and he's loyal. So no wonder Poe Dameron is so excited every time he reunites with his favorite BB unit. I mean, the droid is really freaking cute. I'm not going to lie. Like, the colors are really happy. That, you know, contrast between the white and that bright orange. And there's something just really cute. Uh, the way that he rolls, it's almost like he has a little bounce in his step. Yeah, he's very um, energetic. Yes. And, like, even his uh, his beeps and his boops. Are are just they're just really cute. He's they're so they're definitely cute. they're definitely a, um, a unique sound to him. I mean, like he's definitely classified in the cute because we want to sell toys. Droid category. Oh yeah, he's absolutely um, a toy. Dro- you know, a toy droid. And and in all honesty, like my mom is obsessed with BB-8, and she was obsessed with him before even seeing any of the films. She just thought he was cute. I mean, you know, so so good job, uh, Lucasfilm. You Disney. succeed. Yeah, yeah, Disney. Really, you succeeded. Like. Congratulations. Uh, my mom likes you. Um, but yeah, it, it. but this droid was more than just cute. It served a purpose. And, you know, being Poe Dameron's companion droid, mm-hmm. you know, it had you know, Poe Dameron, this huge... Ace pilot. Yeah, for the resistance, you know. Um, BB-8 was, uh, was really tough, like so much tougher than he looked. And it was loyal to no end. 
to the yeah. point where it went searching for people to help him because he had this piece of information. And even though Poe, it seemed as if Poe seemed as if, it seemed as if Poe was no mo. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> That Poe man. <laughs> but He's like, just a Poe boy from a Poe family. You know, <laughs> BB-8 was on a mission, and BB-8 knew what BB-8 needed to do in order to accomplish, accomplish, you know, this this task. You know, complete this mission. He, and, he disguised himself as a trash can once. Yeah, you know, and ultimately uh, runs into Ray and Finn, and you know the whole the will of the force saga happens. Right. Well, and that's another thing too, like the will of the force and droids. So, I know these droids don't have the force, but some of these droids seem to be really. I don't know if I want to say force sensitive or very receptive to the force. Well, there's Skippy the Jedi droid. He's R five D four. So similar to, um, kind of similar to uh, General Grievous or um, the droid from um, Force Unleashed where you know they they were able to affect jedi like uh fighting abilities as affect a f f e c t not effect uh they were able to take on these characteristics uh skippy had uh what they believed that he had you know sentience and consciousness and a connection to the force so uh, I suggest looking up more about about Skippy R five D four because it's uh it's an it's an interesting tale. Now is Skippy represented in like the? Uh, it was a comic. It was like a, okay. a one shot comic. Okay, but like it, as far as the cinematic universe goes. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to, especially where Disney came in and kind of turned everything that had come before. That was canon. Everything that wasn't like the movies or the TV show was no longer canon anymore, which is why there's so many um, so many things that are great about like the Mandalorian and the Clone Wars and Rebels where they're bringing in some of these uh, great characters like Thrawn and, you know, um, you know, taking them out of uh, kind of like out of retirement and bringing them back into uh Prominence. I was gonna say promiscuity, and I knew that was the wrong word. Yeah. Prominence, <laughs> prominence. Um, but yeah, because a lot of the, there were a lot of books that were considered canonical that they changed. You know, like the whole, you know, Solo twins and Anakin Solo and Chewbacca getting a planet dropped on him. You know, so. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. You have uh, you have more more on there. So, moving from BB-8, um, you know, who, I mean, BB-8 was a huge part in the Resistance uh, beating, you know, overthrowing the First Order. Yeah, I mean, you know, him being a part of, uh, you know, the whole, 
they have the map, you know, the, the, the awakening of Ray's abilities because they're like, Oh, we have the girl. We don't need the map anymore. You know, we don't need the physical map. We have the girl. And you know, yeah, there's again, the whole, I mean, like if, if BB-8 didn't succeed, the rest of the films wouldn't have happened. There wouldn't have been a story there. Which is why I always say it's the story of the droids, not the story of the people. So K2SO, we meet in Rogue One. Probably the best Star Wars film. Uh, Rogue One was amazing. I thought that they did a really good job, especially for it being a one-off Star Wars film. It did a really good job of... Setting everything in place. Having it make sense, too. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, um, it, it was obviously it's a prequel, uh, but it, it, it didn't. I'm trying to think. It, did, it, it wasn't trying it too hard. It didn't stuff the way that, you know, the original prequel trilogy did. You know, like it just it made sense. And even though these characters were, you know, one off characters, you knew you were only going to see them once. Uh, You kind of ultimately knew the fate of these characters before the film even started. Yeah. You still cared about them. And oh, Chirrut and and Baze Malbus still kills me every time. That bromance was just everything. Um, so yeah, K2SO, this Imperial security droid who was reprogrammed to pretty much stand alongside, fight alongside uh the rebellion. Right, I'm trying to think of the characters' names. Jyn Erso and Cassian Andor. Yes. And... Yes. Um and he was just great. Why don't you talk about him? You so, love him so much. So K2SO, yeah, he was a reprogrammed droid who not only uh, allowed them to, uh, you know, have access to various Imperial codes and, and things like that, even before Bodhi decided he was going to defect uh, Riz Ahmed's character. Um, you know, they lost Saw Gerrera, who is a, a, just a titan of, of uh, the rebellion. K2SO provided, you know, the comedic some comedic relief uh security uh, fighting ability um infiltration i was gonna say part of the reason why again uh part of the reason why they were so successful was because the droid was able to hack into the system he got into the system he found the the data tapes that they needed for the death star plans he held off uh, wave after wave after wave of both droids and uh, Imperial uh, stormtroopers. He allowed them to uh, do what they needed to do in order to um, transmit the uh, the schematics for the Death Star up into uh, the uh, the the Rebel fleet. Like they. Yeah, he was he was the whole reason that they were able to uh, finally accomplish their mission. Like, not just getting into the Imperial base, but like between him and Bodhi knowing all the different uh, Imperial ins and outs, you know, codes and and protocols and and you know standard operating procedures and whatnot. Um, yeah, he was one of the. I mean, they, they, the whole team was vital, but. 
you know, if you take out any one of those people, like they could technically be replaced by someone else. You couldn't really replace K2SO because yeah, because of like the 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 way that character um you know, interacted with its environment. So So the next droid on my list is L337 and we meet her in the other kind of one-off Star Wars film, the, Pre- the, the Han Solo story. Yeah, they're they're just called Star Wars stories. You know, Rogue One a Star Wars story, Solo a Star Wars story. So like they're they take place in between, you know, uh, specific moments and kind of give you a background. But yeah, and she's great. Like she's definitely the most independent of all the droids. Um, you know, she. Ultimately, like we said earlier, she built herself for the most part. Um, you know, she is a pilot droid. Uh, she had the most advanced navigational. I was going to say, like, she uh, it did something with the navigation to, like, yeah, she, almost like become one with the navigational system. She was the navigational system. Yeah. See, and that's why like I feel the worst for her because her whole thing was, you know, freedom and autonomy and her consciousness was uploaded into the Navi computer of the Millennium Falcon making her not autonomous at all. Yeah. And you know, there they there's a couple of hints and stuff that they still kind of like, you know, talk to the Nava computer, see if you can figure this out. Talk to the Falcon, see if you can figure this out. You know, referring to the droids, you know, mm-hmm. like C-3PO. You know, I need you, or and, and R2, like, I need you to talk to the Falcon and figure this out, you know. And, you know, knowing that it's this autonomous droid, or this droid that wanted to be autonomous and independent, Right, you know, the fact that she... It's kind of heartbreaking. ...was an advocate for, you know... Uh, Droid civil rights. Yeah, you know, for lack of a better term, yeah. You know, so I I thought she was a great character. I kind of hate that they did that. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's a little frustrating. It's a little... Um, the opposite of what the character would have wanted. But I understand why they did it. Um, I mean, for Lando, it's just like, you know, cause Lando definitely fucked that robot. Yes. Um, there's, there's, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, he did. How does it work? Oh, it works. Yeah. Um, he would have her with him all the time or so he assumed because he never thought that he would lose the Falcon to Han Solo in a hand of Sabacc, but he did, and you know he kind of had to deal with that. But there's there's just something about like having your consciousness like that's some black mirror shit. Mm. You know, like your consciousness is trapped inside of this, just this this thing that you no longer you your mind is there. Kind of like Get Out, your mind is there, but you have no control over what you do, where you go, and all you can do is kind of sit there and do hope, calculations yeah hope for the best uh so next on my list is ig11 and we already talked about him a little bit mm-hmm. 
Uh, so we were introduced to IG-11 during the first season of The Mandalorian, and actually the first episode of the first season of The Mandalorian. And he is an assassin droid. He has been uh, sent on this mission um, by a bounty. Like, he's pretty much a bounty hunter droid. He is a, he is a bounty hunter. Like, there's, um, there's a, a bunch of them were sent to the same bounty just to kind of cover, you know, cross their H's and dot their lowercase J's. Right. Uh, you know, ultimately wanting the bounty of the sweet green little baby babushka. Uh, and obviously we know how that worked out. And IG-11 returns later on. Um, after Quill. After, yeah, after Quill turned it into this almost like nan- nanny bot. He, he reprogrammed uh, it, keeping the assassin tendencies, but like making his number one priority keeping the baby safe. Yes. Even though he's 50, he's a baby. He's a baby. Yeah. A little baby. He doesn't know any better. Oh, he knows better. He doesn't know any better. He's a little baby. Uh, so, yeah, and I think that's when people really kind of uh, gravitated towards IG-11. Also the fact that it was voiced by Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the and way that... And back to Empire Strikes Back with IG-11, IG-88. Yes. Um, but you know, the way that this, this rope, this droid was, you know, willing to go through all of that, everything that he went through in order to protect the little green baby babushka. That's, that's his, his primary function. That I mean, yeah, well, like, exactly. You know, and, you know, knowing the fate of Quill at that point, mm-hmm. you know, so pretty much Quill's last thing was that he reprogrammed this droid to be this you know overprotective nanny bot and that's what ig-11 did ig-11 make got pretty much saved a lot like pretty much saved saved the gang he He saved saved everyone the whole group by sacrificing himself right but ultimately sacrificing himself uh to save the little green Baby babushka. Because that would be uh, the optimal um, outcome. Like that had the highest rate of success. If he were to do that, that would in turn ensure the success of the mission. Or at least that would give them the greatest uh, chance of succeeding in their mission. Mm-hmm. What else you got? So last but not least on my little list, we have Dio. So Dio, we were introduced to in the Rise of Skywalker. Correct. I was going to say in the, in the last of the most recent trilogy, and again, Dio is what I call the cute there to sell toys droid. Uh, he's poorly treated, unclassified droid who slowly built a bond with BB-8. Finn and Rey during the rise of Skywalker. Dio was quick to help the resistance when they needed intel about his former master. Ochi of Bestoon. Yes. Uh, but Dio wasn't always so shy uh, to say no thank you and roll away to let you know when his boundaries were crossed. Yeah, he he would uh, he was abused. Yes. It's almost like uh, the way if a, if a, a a dog could vocalize um, their displeasure or their mistrust or their fear at a strange human, like that's what Dio was. 
and he was uh he's a very interesting design he's basically like a snow cone on a wheel he's like a little megaphone yeah yeah and he was voiced by jj abrams which uh i thought was kind of fun and i mean he was super fucking cute like i'm not gonna lie i saw him and i was like i think next to uh Next to um, Babu Frick. Babu Frick. Yes. Hey, hey! Uh, Babu Frick was the best part of Rise of Skywalker. Um, but Dio is a close second. Well, that's fair. I like the spring-loaded double lightsaber that Ray had in her evil force vision. But I mean, that's fair. That's I like that. But that, that was, was cool too. Uh, but yeah. So and and obviously there are. So many other types of droids sprinkled throughout both the, the, the canon Star Wars story and the non-canon Star Wars story. So we're currently, uh, we've started making our way through the Clone Wars. So that's really interesting. And there's a couple of characters who I'm really interested to learn more about. Uh, one character we saw in The Mandalorian, Ahsoka Tano. Um, and one, I'm dying to see more of her, Asajj Ventress. Uh, so yeah, so we're currently making our way through them and then we have rebels and then they're also releasing the one that you showed me the, that battle scene that was so fucking cool with that, the animation, uh, the, uh, clone wars, the animated clone wars. Um, but it's, um, like the, uh, Gendy Tartarovsky. Uh, like the Samurai Jack Primal. Um, yeah, that's... Because you showed me that battle scene between Asajj Ventress and... Um... Anakin. Yes. Yeah, that's the... Um, and that was so the good. The animated Clone Wars that just... Like the regular animation, not the CGI stuff, but the regular animation that just got added, I think, to Disney+. And then, you know, there's also... Uh, Chopper from Star Wars, uh, um, from um, oh, what's it? From uh, Rebels, I think it is. Uh, killed like fifty thousand people via sabotage. So Chopper's another fun one, but we haven't really seen much of him, so I can't speak to him. Like I just wanted to talk about the ones that we knew, the ones that we've seen. Um, so Chopper, Chopper may get covered somewhere down the road once we get through Rebels and and Clone Wars, but uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of droids. There's a lot of different. Uh, we didn't even talk about the the little pink droid that they made for the girl who died of cancer. K eight or something. Oh yeah. Like she looked like uh, R two, but they did like a little pink droid and they named it after the the girl who was a huge Star Wars fan. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot. And what's so crazy and I think so just so cool about the Star Wars universe is just like all of these different aliens and monster-looking things and different races. You know, uh all none of the droids really look similar. There there are some that look similar I mean, like but the, they're I mean, different enough. Right. That you like, can tell them apart. You know, the like the battle i would say like the battle droids are you know yes they look similar and like the first order 
The First Order had their own BB units with, like, you know, they instead of having, like, a round head, he had a flat head, and he was black with gray, you know. So they, they had their own... They had their own BB units. They had their own astromech droids. Um, but the ones that really have personality, you know, like C-3PO with his red arm, like uh, R2 with his, you know, very distinctive scarring and, and um, or carbon scoring is what Luke called it, I believe. Um, they all have their own um, unique personalities as much as they have their own look there are lots of them that look the same but they're different enough that you know you can easily tell them apart and know who is who exactly yes exactly what i was gonna say yeah so i think this is a good place to uh to to stop let us know some of your favorite droids if or if we didn't uh talk about the ones that you like the best or if we did but you don't think we did them justice please let us know uh throw down thursday podcast at gmail.com we're always looking forward to hearing from you folks and check out uh the facebook page as well because we love having discussions on there so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll have a new battle and uh we'll uh wrap things up so we'll be right back are you looking to add to your collection of sports memorabilia trying to find that grail item to show off to your friends Do you like to win? Then head on over to the Major Sports Drops group on Facebook. From pucks to jerseys, bats to helmets, Major Sports Drops is your place for sports memorabilia items dropped daily. Signed by today's stars as well as Hall of Famers. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Mike Ditka, Barry Sanders, Wade Boggs, Zdeno Chara, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Frank Thomas, and many more autographs have already been pulled. You can get in on the action for as little as $5 per spot. There are multiple drops each day, with special contests also running at various times each month as well. So join the Major Sports Drops Facebook group and get in on the action today. Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian, and you are listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. And we are back. I hope you enjoyed the conversation about Freud's, and uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, our thoughts and uh, feelings on different characters. And if you have some different thoughts and feelings, or maybe you think we missed some out that we probably should have talked about, uh, let us know. Throw it on Thursday podcast at gmail.com, or let us know on the Facebook group. But what do we have right now, Ashes? We have a new battle to throw down. And when we have a new battle... We have to play the battle theme! Awesome. Uh, I wish that was queued up exactly, but it wasn't. <laughs> uh, but I'm keeping it that oh, way. Whatever. Good job. Ugh. And that's after we did a separate, separate take because I didn't even have the battle theme up. 
Uh, but yeah, so what do we what do we got today? Preparation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we have a brand new battle that we are throwing down for you right now. It is called These Are the Droids You Are Looking For. Which droid has what it takes to be the last droid standing? The sandbox is Geonosis. Oh, yeah. For those of you who are unfamiliar, that's the planet uh, in the Attack of the Clones where they had the huge Jedi battle uh, where they first uh, introduced the clones and uh, the battle for which uh, Samuel L. Jackson wanted to have his purple lightsaber because he knew he was going to have this huge scene and he wanted to be able to pick himself out. So everybody else had green and green and blue, and he's like, I want purple. So he could pick himself out in the crowd. Is so, that why Mace Windu has a purple lightsaber? That's part of it, yeah. It's yeah. because Samuel L. Jackson wanted to be able to pick himself out in a huge battle. Yeah, plus purple is his favorite color, and also he decapitated uh, Jango Fett in that. That's where motherfucker. He, yeah. yeah, well, in <laughs> it says "bad motherfucker" on it, like the actual hilt says "bad motherfucker" Does on it, really? but it says it in Orabash. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, anyway, so you can choose from IG eighty eight, IG eleven. K2SO. Ooh. Or ROGR. Roger. Roger. Who is a B1 battle droid. Yeah. If you didn't know. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Um, ooh, that's a good one. So obviously it's uh, all droid abilities on the table. Yep. All skills and upgrades and whatnot uh, are available. And. They're going to be fighting on Geonosis. So let's, uh, that's, a, that's going to be a good one. Um, that's tough. Like, I don't even know who I'm going to pick yet. Usually with these, I know right away, but with this one, I'm really not sure. But, uh, well, yeah, we've got some good stuff coming up. Um, we've got some, uh, some fun things planned for you folks. Saying it like that sounds so boring, though. We've got some fun I things planned for you folks. I said it in a very uh, enthusiastic way. I'm very I excited with some of this stuff. Your enthusiasm. Well, I'm also sleepy as well, and I'm getting my second shot tomorrow. So, yay for getting stabbed! Yay vaccination! Um, yeah. So, side note. Regardless of the symptoms and stuff that may happen with getting the vaccine, you should all get vaccinated. Yeah. Seriously, you should do it. All the cool kids are doing it. And this is one of those things where you should actually do what all of the cool kids are doing. Yeah, like, you know, we need herd immunity and, you know, there's only one way to do it. And here's the thing, like, you know, it, it, it sucks feeling sucky for a few days, but you know it's going to end. You yeah. know you're not going to be like that forever, you know? And the fact that you feel sucky is because it's your body building up the immunities. Like, it's your, it's your immune system at work. So yes. that's kind of cool, you know? You get a little bit of science there. You get to actually feel your immune system at work. And n knowing that your immune system is strengthening itself. 
Right. Like and you're building up the antibodies needed and you know, what, to, to, to combat this, you know, uh, virus. You should do what we did. Like we knew when our second shot was coming up. So we went out, we got ourselves a bunch of stuff that we like when we're not feeling well, you know, ginger ale and Powerade and crackers and things like that. So we're very prepared. So definitely make sure that you're hydrated. When you do water. get the second shot, you know, uh, and stay hydrated throughout. I mean, you should stay hydrated anyways, drink water. But, you know, we're people and sometimes we forget. Um, but definitely make sure you stay hydrated before receiving the shot and definitely after. And keep Tylenol on hand. If you're able to take Tylenol, it's a great pain reliever. And it's fever been, reducer. And, yes, and fever reducer. You know, it, uh, it has worked wonders for me over the past 48 hours. And... Um, it was working wonders for me while I was fighting my infection as well. You know, so uh, definitely, you know, do yourself a favor. And if you are able to get the vaccine, get vaccinated. Yeah. So So that's my that's my little push. Um, aside from that, the first annual Amalgamania podcast and entertainment awards are now uh Taking submissions. I'm trying to think. He <laughs> say, and, and submissions are open for a little bit longer. Submissions are open. So submissions are now open until the 4th of June. So if you think that you did not have time, congratulations, you do. No excuses. Get those submissions in. You can go to amalga-mania.com. Uh, for more information, we'll have the info in the show notes uh, as well. So uh, it's, I'm not going to spell it out for you right now. Remember when I mentioned the brain fog? Yeah, yes. it's in full force. I don't even know my own name right now. But so. it's all in the show notes. Uh, but it's in the show notes, so definitely look ad. it up. And uh, yeah, go to amalga-mania.com for more information. We want to see your submissions. Yeah, we just had somebody submit four uh, do four things today so you know um i i love seeing all of the different shows uh, shows that are so, some of them i've never even heard of uh you know enter and it's 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 really cool like it's a a really cool way to kind of reach out and you know uh just kind of reach out into this whole little podcast community that's out there. Get yourself and some extra listeners. And realize that this little community isn't so little, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to advertise. And, you know, we've all been working really hard during this past year, especially, you know, uh, as podcasters, as independent content creators, uh, you know, trying to entertain the masses and, you know, just just put you deserve out some stuff, recognition for that, you know, and I mean, it's it's hard work. And we want to recognize those who have been, you know, doing all of this stuff, you know, keeping positive and putting all of these awesome things out into the entertainment ether, you know, in an attempt to keep people happy and for and the love of it because we're not right. getting paid i mean that's the thing too you know and for for the love of it for the love of the art that is podcasting and yes it is an art it's a weird art but it's an art nonetheless uh you know it's uh it's a really cool thing so we absolutely want to hear from you please submit your show to the yes. amalgamania awards um, I keep calling them the Amalgies. I'm hoping that's going to catch on. We'll see. I just want an Amalgie. Uh, but anyways, until next week, kids, we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday.